Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we are here acknowledging that you are our God and that we are in need. We have a great need of you in our life. And Lord, we're not going to make it without you. And Lord, you've not called us to make it without you. You have created us to be with you. And Lord, we return, our hearts return, our soul and our spirit returns to you tonight. Just ask that your word would come alive, that Lord, it would show us truth in our heart, and that we wouldn't allow a lie to live in our heart, but that we would step into the truth and step into the light. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Now wash us in your word tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you real quick, on Monday mornings at 9 o'clock here at the church, I know many of you work, those of you that don't work, those of you that have time, those of you that like to pray, Monday mornings from 9 to 10, right here in the sanctuary, we pray. The staff is in here and some people that have always been praying with us over the years. But every Monday morning, now I will tell you, we're not talking, we're not meeting, there's music playing, and we're just kind of wandering around in here in the sanctuary praying for our church. What that means is I'm praying for you. I'm praying for breakthrough in your life. I'm praying that the enemy would be defeated in your life. And I just encourage you, if you, if you like to pray, if uh, it's not a time to do prayer requests. It's just a time to turn your heart to God for our church. Monday mornings at 9, and we end at 10, right on the dot. I am a very orderly person, but it's what I like to give my first hour of the week to go toward prayer. Uh, so I'd just like to invite you guys. It's open to the public. Let me say this, it's open to our church. I guess the public could come in, but I don't know how they would know. But anyway, that kind of sounds weird. We're not anti-public. We're certainly for the public. <laughs> but, you know, if you consider this your church home, if you've been visiting, if you really feel like this is where the Lord is leading you and you would like to come and pray with us, 9 o'clock, every Monday morning, um, except on holidays, except on obvious uh, um, Mondays that the church office would be closed. The church office is open and we'll be down here. All right? All right. We have been talking about the power of yielding. I started it last week. If you missed last week and, and you, you want to get the uh, last week's sermon, you can download it from the website or you can order it from the bookstore. But if you remember last week where we left off, basically the start of this is dying to self. You know, Scripture tells us that we are to deny ourselves and to take up our cross. How often? Daily. That means we have got to die to what we desire, to take on what God desires. Every single day, and it says to do it daily. I think it's a good thing to do it first thing in the morning. A lot can happen in the morning, can it? A lot can happen before you can get in the shower, before you can eat breakfast. Your mind, the second you wake up, starts running. And you had better start your steps correctly because it's easy to get going down the wrong path. Do you know that sin starts in the mind? Sin starts as a thought. So why not die to yourself right at first? Lord, I give you myself, I give you my day, and I ask you to order my steps as I get up today. 
Holy Spirit, you said you would be the spirit of you are the spirit of truth that you would lead me and guide me every into all truth that you would lead me and guide me into all truth. Now I give you that that place in my life. You know, God's such a good God, he does not take it. He does not force it. But when we ask, you you have not because you ask not. Again, I was I, I'm reading this book called uh, Love and Respect. It's this marriage seminar. Um, it's funny, you can't help it. You, what you, whatever you read, whatever you're pouring into yourself is what comes out of your heart. If y'all remember a month or two ago, I've been reading the five love languages. Well, that was all that was oozing out of me then. Well, now what he, what he, what he is saying is, why not pray? We talk about praying, but we don't pray. Now, I will tell you, I do this with my wife. I say, we need to pray about something, but then we don't pray about it. Have you ever done that? We need to pray about that. And I will tell you, my wife lights up when I say I'm going to pray with her. Just last night, I said, we need to pray about that. She goes, oh, good. Not now. I'm watching Gladiator. Not now. Uh, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. (laughs) She gets it. We're not going to get offended in here, right? Right. <laughs> okay, well, how can we get back on track? But why not pray? Pastor, I don't know how to pray. You know what? You just ask. Just like you would ask your father, just like you would ask your mother. Father, I'm wanting to walk my day out according to your word. I'm going to get in your word, and I ask you to help order my steps as I go. I'm not just going to expect it to happen because it won't happen. I've got to intentionally start to walk. I've got to fill my heart up, and I've got to allow that filling to then begin to lead me. And I'd better be getting filled with the right thing. Um, we're going to start having this book at the bookstore, hopefully tonight. Do we have it? Is Michelle in here? We, I bought three. Uh, it's there. I would highly recommend it. It's what we're, again, in the fall, we're going to have a, a marriage conference, and we've got yours. We're going to give you yours back if you don't have it. But I've ordered. I've got me one, and I've got yours to give you back. So I've got it. Um, but I'm telling you, it's a life changer. Just like five love languages is a life changer. What are you pouring in your heart? Now, there's no way we can yield if we don't have the right thing in our heart. So if you can hear where I'm coming from, I'm trying to kind of let ooze out what's in my heart, what I'm reading, where I, where I am. You need to be in the Word. If you don't have the Word in you, you're not going to have a lot to offer your situations. Get the Word in you. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I went to a a, a couple's home in the last few weeks and you know that's where we came to the end fill me with your Holy Spirit I've got to have the filling of the Holy Spirit I've got to have the word the truth I've got to have the spirit and I've got to put those two together I've got to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth I need the Holy Spirit I need the word now when I've got those two things look out get out of the way it's time to go start walking Don't just say we're going to pray about it. Let's pray. Show up at 9 o'clock with us on Monday mornings and pray. You want to see change in the church? Show up at Monday mornings at 9 o'clock and pray. If you're at work and you can't be here but you want to pray, pray at work during 9 o'clock to 10. Your boss won't know it, and don't let it mess up your work. How many of you know you can pray at work? Maybe you can't out loud, but you can. They can't stop you thinking. Pray at work. Get your faith. Exercise your faith. 
Somebody say amen. Okay. Taking up your cross and denying yourself daily is just the opposite of what we want to do, of what's natural to us. It is diametrically opposed to the way the natural man thinks. Tonight I'm going to give you two other scriptures that I find very challenging, very searching. The first scripture, and I'm not going to go into any background here or analyze it, but let's just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I love that. <laughs> Just let that one sink in. You know, this is a paradox too. There is a weakness that comes from God that is stronger than any strength we have. And there's a foolishness that comes from God that is wiser than any wisdom we have. And there's one thing in which the weakness and the foolishness of God found their full expression. Do you know where it was? It was at the cross. The full expression. In both the weakness and the foolishness of the cross, God triumphed over all the strength and the wisdom of the world. And I believe God is asking you and me to learn that kind of weakness and that kind of foolishness. You know, it's never been an effort for me to be strong in my own personality, in my own strengths. God has blessed me to use the strength that I have. But God has shown me that my strength and my personality can only take me so far. I can only go so far as I can. There is a limit to how far I can go, personally. And you know what? If I choose, I can stop there. I don't have to go farther. We can make a choice to only operate in our own power. And I've seen so many people get to their potential in themselves and not be able to press through. I've been there. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Now, I, I hope to maybe uh, shed some light on something that maybe you've never seen, maybe you have. But does anybody notice anything strange about this scripture? It talks about the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ in the same scripture. Now, it's easy just to read over it and just say, that's a good scripture. But we're going we're gonna to dive into this just a little bit. First half talks about the Spirit of God. The second half talks about the Spirit of Christ. And I just want to suggest for you that there is a little bit of a division or a little bit of a difference here in this scripture. Difference in the way that this scripture represents the nature of God. All through the Bible, the Spirit of God is identified with the Holy Spirit. It's the official title of the third person of the Godhead, God the Spirit, the one who is co-equal with the Father and the Son, and who speaks in the first person as God. For example, in Acts 13, 2, the Holy Spirit spoke to the leaders at the church of Antioch and said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. 
Here we have God himself, God the Spirit, using the pronoun I, speaking in the first person as God. And the main emphasis in that scripture is based on power and authority. But on the other hand, what do we do about the Spirit of Christ? I believe it represents the divine nature specifically as it was manifested in the life of Jesus Christ. It can't be separated from the nature and personality of Jesus. It's this kind of spirit, Paul told us, that marks the true child of God. If we go back and look at this scripture again, it says, If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is, not, he is none of his. Now catch this, I believe that there are people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit who speak in tongues, who work miracles, but who demonstrate little or nothing of the Spirit of Christ. And the mark that makes us gods is not speaking in tongues and working miracles, nor is it preaching tremendous sermons, it is having the Spirit of Christ. In order for me to be His, I have to have the Spirit of Christ. So how would we summarize the Spirit of Christ? I believe it is a meek spirit. Again, we're going to wind up walking right back into the Beatitudes. Why? Because what is the Beatitudes? It is the spirit of Christ. It's the heart of Christ. It's the teaching of Christ. Can you see possibly the difference between the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ? That we are to take on what Jesus has taught, what he has walked. We are a follower of Christ. We are a Christ follower. Jesus came to lead us back to the Father. We follow back to the Father through Jesus. So we have to have the Spirit of Christ. We also need the Spirit of God. We can't even ask for salvation without a measure of the Spirit of God. But what this is talking about here is is taking the Spirit of Christ. Can you see, we can't even enter into heaven if we don't have Christ. And we're missing it if we're only operating under tongues and, and in the manifestations of the Spirit, but we don't have the Spirit of Christ. We can come in here and do the church thing all day long, but never have any impact, never be salt and light in the earth, never lead the people that Jesus died on the cross for, never go and reach them and bring them into the kingdom. Never love on somebody that's hurt. Never meet a need on somebody that's fall, their life is falling apart. That's the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit works through us to produce the Spirit of Christ. This may seem kind of deep. I don't, want to, I don't want to go too deep here. But I also don't want you to miss this. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit. If you all know anything about me, I love being Spirit-filled. I was Spirit-filled at 17 years old. And my life has never been the same. I was saved at five. But what we're talking about here is, is starting to operate in the Spirit of Christ. It's what marks a true child of God. You know, have you ever heard, um, I don't know that I, I want to go down this. Third John chapter, two, chapter 1 says, Beloved, 
Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Have you ever heard people talk about claiming your inheritance? I mean, you got to go claim it. you got to get what, what belongs to you. And I, there is some truth to that. Let me tell you, I have preached it. And I believe it. But you cannot... You don't prosper by asserting your rights. You don't prosper by demanding your rights. Do you know that Jesus did not demand his right? The Spirit of Christ did not demand his right, and he could have. He had legal authority, but he didn't demand it. Do you remember Satan saying, go out here and, and make the angels work for you, make him catch you, make him bring you food. You can do that. And, and uh, Jesus went straight through it into being tempted by Satan, and he never took the bait. He never demanded his right. Now, I want you to catch what I'm saying here. He didn't lay claim to his right, and I believe that prosperity and health and inward peace and well-being of the soul are, the, are our rights of being saved. But many times they are illegally appropriated by the old man for his selfish purposes. You, I know you've heard me preach this. I do not like, and this is probably Pastor Paul speaking, this is not thus saith the Lord. But I have a real problem with claiming the rights of Deuteronomy 28 without obeying God's word. I don't think we have that right. I think you can say you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed in the city and blessed in the country. But if you don't fulfill verses 1 and 2, those that will hear my, my word and obey it, those are the ones that can claim that. And it goes on to say you don't even have to go looking for them. You don't even have to go claim them. They'll come claim you. You don't have to claim them. They're yours. It says that they, the blessings will find you. And what will they do? They'll overtake you. You don't, have to go, you don't have to go after it. They'll come after you. Our strength is not in us claiming our rights. Our strength, do you remember from last week? Is in the ability to bear the infirmities of the weak. You remember our opening scripture? That we could bear with one another. That's where our strength is is can we bear with one another the infirmities of the weak? Now, the Spirit of Christ is a spirit that is freely yielded. And I believe that Jesus is the supreme example of yielding. It was just, it was just in this aspect of conduct that most clearly marks the di difference between him, between Jesus and Satan. Philippians 2.6 says in the New American Standard Version, why don't you catch us now? I'm going to close. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, I, this is going to tie it together, I hope, on this, on this claiming your rights thing. Do you see that our lives are incomplete, are in, are in contrast to this? We, we walk around 
as a victim. We live in a nation that has a victim mentality. The government should do this for me. This is my right. This isn't fair. I'm not, this is, I'm being treated wrong. I'm this, I'm that, woe is me. My, my parents would call it a pity party. No, they would say, you're feeling sorry for yourself. I hated that expression. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Although Jesus existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Is he an equal part of the Godhead? Yes. Is he God in the flesh? Yes, but he saw, he yielded. When he was on this earth, he yielded to God. The Spirit of Christ yielded to God. Not my will, but the Father's will be done. My will says, I kind of want to pass this cup and not, not go through what I'm about to go through. But you trump what I want. I will do what you say. Even though he had the right, he didn't take it. Now, what did Satan do? Satan didn't have the right, but he tried to take it. He wanted to be equal with God. He didn't have the right, but he tried to take it anyway. And what happened to him? He was thrown out. Do you see, the Spirit of Christ is a spirit that yields Now, where we're just starting today is yield to God. Yield to God. You know how we yield to God? We acknowledge that He knows more than we know. We we acknowledge that He has the answers that we need. And we go and we get in the Word and we seek after Him. I'm telling you, that is a good enough start to get you out of your hole. If you will just start filling yourself. I I don't believe I can teach a sermon without saying you've got to be in the Word. Everything leads me back to making sure that I am connected to the vine. Do you know it says that Jesus is the Word? That when we connect to the Word, do you know what we connect to? We connect to Jesus. We connect to the Spirit of Christ. And when I connect to the Spirit of Christ, I am His. Are you all with me? This is where we're going. This is where we're going. Let's pray together. Father, I just ask you to help us to, to grasp your greatness You are so good. And Lord, you've got our answer. You may be here tonight as I pray and you don't have the answers. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the answer. That even though you may start seeking after the Lord and you may start reading in a completely different section than you think would give you an answer, but I want you to know that as you seek after the Lord, He is going to help you find the right answers. Would you make that commitment tonight? Matthew 6.33 says, Seek Him first. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. He wants to meet your need. But he wants you to make a move toward him. He's paid every price for you. Why don't you give him yourself? And see if he won't produce. God is a producer. God is a creator. God is a miracle worker. You can't do it on your own. I hate to break the truth to you, but you can't do it. God can. You know, you may have walked an aisle and and said a prayer and got baptized, but you never really let go of your heart. Would you do that tonight? Let go of that heart. He's so much better with your heart than you are. He's so good with it. He won't break it. He'll never break your heart. He'll mend it. Church, get radical. Get radical for God. I thank you, Lord. Rescue us. Bless this church. I pray right now for Avery Trace, and I thank you, Lord, for an outpouring of finances for Avery Trace, for us to be able to go out and buy this food, for Randy and Nancy just working so hard this last week. And Lord, for Food Line and all these businesses that are just donating food and resources, bless them, Lord. And Lord, I just ask you to meet those kids' needs. I pray for jobs for their dads, jobs for their moms, breakthrough in their families, that their rent would be paid and that their grocery bills would be paid. And that, Lord, they'd start, they'd get themselves off of this list. Not because we don't want to bless them, but because you're blessing them. Thank you, Lord. Bless our church as we come together tomorrow to work, to serve you and to serve that school. Bless our time tomorrow, and Lord, let us be a blessing to that school. And Lord, let them see Jesus. I just thank you. We just bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great rest of the week. If you need prayer, I'd be glad to pray with you right now if y'all want to come down here.